Marathon Swim Stories. I have a special episode for you today. Elaine Howley asked me about my Marathon Swim Story. As I listen to the replay, I'm caught off guard by my giggle, my long-winded responses, and my profuse use of non-words like and um, geez. There's so many things that I wish I had said and so many more things that I wish I'd said better. I imagine that my interviewees may feel this way sometimes too. It was fun to have the tables turned and get stuck trying to answer my own questions. Enjoy. (laughs) You're starting. Hi, everybody. My name is Elaine Havily, and I am a swimming journalist, and I am pinch hitting today for Shannon Keegan, who is our uh, inimitable host usually, but today we're going to turn the tables, and we're going to find out a little bit more about the woman behind the microphone. Hi, Shannon. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Elaine. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your swimming background and what is your marathon swimming story? Mm, Yeah, so (laughs) my swimming background, I, one of those started swimming forever ago, not long after I was born. We had a pool in our like we lived in this cool little I've been telling this story to my kids lately because because they're getting to the age where they're interested they're like tell me a story about when you grew up mommy so it's like, I grew up in this little neighborhood where it's like everybody had tiny backyards but your backyard backed up to this big um like park area that everybody had access to in the neighborhood and there was a pool in the backyard in that backyard part and um and once a year, there was no lifeguards or anything at the pool. It was just a community pool. But once a year, this group, these two guys would come by and they'd teach your kid to basically survive in case they fell in. So at nine months old um, or something like that, that was, you know, I got the throw in the water, paddle to the edge. So that was the beginning of my swimming. <laughs> um, I remember um, I lived in Virginia for a while after, so I grew up in Cal- California for a little bit, lived in Virginia for a very short stretch, and I remember earning my patch that I could swim across the pool that meant I could go on the diving board. Um, uh, so when that was like six, and then we moved to Colorado, and I ended up joining a summer club at seven. So been swimming the whole, the whole life kind of thing. Um, quit swimming after high school, so did year-round, starting around nine, um, and then I just realized I wasn't, wasn't going to the Olympics, wasn't gonna, didn't really know that there was any other type of swimming that could happen um, at that time in my life. And this was in Colorado at the time. Um, uh, so yeah, I went to college in New Mexico and I, I purposely, I looked into colleges where I could swim at. Um, I purposely went somewhere where I could maybe walk on if I wanted to, but in my indecisive nature that I'm getting to know very well in my 40s, um, I um, just wanted it there as an option, <laughs> just, 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 just in case, but decided not to pursue swimming at all in college, um, would watch, uh, I became a lifeguard eventually, and I'd see the kids coming in for practice, and kind of, kind of like, uh, should I have done it? Should I not? It's always kind of been something like, maybe I should have swam in college. Maybe I hadn't. But I ended up going into water polo. And um, just a, we had a club team. And I started playing water polo. Um, and uh, that was kind of fun. I mean, I had to learn. I'd played a little bit of, like, picked up other sports. So it's kind of like, I feel like I got my feet under me as a 
uh, as a fish most of my life. I went to college and like learned how to play soccer and tried my hand at racquetball, all these sports that I, that I really wasn't that good at, but it was really fun to just broaden my horizons. And um, yeah, started playing water polo for a little bit. Um, went to the tryouts for the 2000, when they brought women's water polo to the, um, to the Olympics. They had tryouts for the open tryouts for the 2000 women's Olympics team. Wow. Um, and I, I just, because it was walk on, anyone could go. My friends, some of my friends recruited me to go. So anyway, it was kind of fun to say that I tried out for the Olympics, even though <laughs> anybody could have gone. But um, I mostly played with men too. And that was kind of fun because I, we go to tournaments and there, there'd be a women's like tournament and a men's tournament at the same time but the women's turn like they never had to like enough teams and so I had to get to play both with the men and with the women it was kind of where I started realizing like I had maybe some extra endurance that maybe the other people didn't have because it's like I would go to tournaments and I'd play like 15 games and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever to be just so exhausted at the end of the day um eventually moved from New Mexico to California lived there for a while and um wasn't really still really did a little master's maybe and um, just really what didn't even live anywhere where there was water polo, like even there, there should be, but it was like all elite level water polo, not for like club people like me. So anyway, eventually moved to Idaho. This is a, little, this is a long, long story. Um, <laughs> moved to Idaho, played a little water polo there. I got more into masters, started coaching again, actually. There's a whole coaching like thread through my history that we just touch on. Um, and in... Idaho, yeah, I just mainly just did math. I started doing more masters just as a way to kind of get out and meet people because I really, I was working virtually at this point. It was like 2003 and just needed a way to kind of meet people. So I started ma doing master swimming again. Um, what took you to Idaho and where were you? I was in Boise. I, um, I, so when I moved to Southern California, I realized that was the last place in the world that I wanted to live. <laughs> it didn't take long. Within a year of living there, I was like, wow, these are not my people. <laughs> and um, I just like happenstance came across a really good friend of mine from college um, who like she, she um, I, I came across, like I figured out how to contact her basically. And so I got in touch with her and I went up to visit her for a weekend in Idaho. And I guess I also was dating a guy at the time who was um, loved Idaho for fishing and all this stuff. Um, and so I just went up there for a weekend to kind of check it out. And I felt like I met more people in a weekend that I had things in common with. And I'd met like the whole year or whatever. I lived in Southern California. So I just started plotting my departure from Southern California and was eventually able to talk my boss into letting me work remotely. Um, yeah, it was super cool. Um, and that started, yeah, my, I guess my, my gravitation away from big cities. And then I kind of have lived, like, Boise was probably the biggest city I've lived in in, in quite a while, actually. We've just gotten more rural ever since. But, um, yeah, so that's how I ended up in Idaho. So mostly was playing water polo and swimming a little bit in Idaho. And then um, met my husband, did a little time in Utah. But open water swimming didn't really start till Vermont, which was in 2000. And, nine we moved there the yeah christmas 2008 and mostly were there in 2009 and um i heard about this one mile swim <laughs> at the kingdom swim it was like the first year phil was revitalizing it after years and um it i was all proud of myself to like sign up for this one mile swim <laughs> I was training for it there was like 
like we had a small pool at the time there called IROC and there's like four lanes and there's three or four of us that would meet at <laughs> the pool. Um, we had a tiny little kids team too. That was, that comes into play later on. But um, we, yeah, so I, my friend Gwen and I decided we were going to do this one mile swim and we started training together. And um, the day of the race, and I don't think I did any lake training for this at all, mind you. Um, I had never really spent any time at all in open water or lakes or anything growing up in Colorado. That was like lakes were where people water skied and I didn't do any of that either. It was just like this scary, dark, murky place. Um, and even I tried swimming in the ocean a little bit when I lived in California and would just catch myself like out of breath, like nervousness of like, what was that? What was it, you know, like, um, so I had some, some fears to overcome with open water. And, um, but what happened the day that I went down to the beach for the, in 2009, um, I got there a little bit early and I saw the finishers of the 10 mile swim. Um, and Rondi Davies walks up on the shore and, um, and I just like, I was literally, I take, take my breath, even though I think about it now, like this first, like this person's been swimming, like while I was just sitting and having breakfast and drinking coffee and, and I'm going to swim for what, 20 minutes, but they've been swimming for hours and hours and hours. And I was just like, wow, like, what would that be like? I like, you know, cause I knew I could swim. I was a little afraid of the lake, but I, I could swim. <laughs> so I just started wondering like, what. Well, you know, what would that be like? So, so I did my one mile and that was all good and well, but I just kept trying to figure out what would it be like to do, I think the next year I did the three. And then I also signed up for the, the Bermuda Around the Sound, the 10K in Bermuda. And that was, um, uh, yeah, and did that one in 2010. So it's 10 years ago now. Um, that was, so that was my first 10K. And then I think that following summer I did the 10 mile and just, and uh, yeah, in 2011, and then we did the tried to do the relay for the first insert to Memphis. Um, yeah, so that's the short, the long of it. <laughs> so the, um, I mean that that is though pretty extraordinary though to climb the ladder that quickly from a one mile in this in like July of 2009 to doing a 10k what the following October. That's that's yeah. a big leap. How did you do that? Um, well, I had a good, good support. <laughs> so there was um, one of the individuals I swam with at IROC. He was like way more dedicated to, than me, but he was, he was helped, like was my training partner and he would help me um, just do the yards really. At the, mm -hmm. at the time we would, you know, I'd, we had this clock called HAL <laughs> that we could set, you could program it. Like this was, it was like, early days, like before our fancy, you know, Texas, like you could put, you could program a set in it and we would program like 2200s or whatever. And, and it would just, you'd come in and it'd send you off again. <laughs> just, we would do it. We would just swim and swim and swim on I Saturdays. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it really, you know, it was, I don't, I mean, he, he didn't want to swim the distance. I think he tried pushing himself a little bit to do the distance. He always had trouble with cramping and things that I just didn't really have trouble with. Um, but having somebody there to do it with me has always been really important to me, especially when it gets to going out into the lake. I mean, mm -hmm. I lived, um, the three years I was in Newport living in Vermont next to Phil White, I was, um, 
you know, a couple hundred yards from the shore and I could not convince myself to get in that lake unless there was somebody with me. Um, there was, uh, we had a small kids team though, coming back to that, maybe just like 20 kids or so. And in the summers we would take them out to the lake and that's where I really had to swallow my fears and not show them that I was afraid and come to terms with, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a body of water. And like, yeah, that thing floating in it isn't, is, you know, into any more gross than the band-aid, you know, that, that washes up at the pool or whatever, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, yeah. I, and I'd have to talk them through, they're like, well, isn't it gross? Like, you know, most pee in the lake or whatever. You're like, well, yeah, but there's, I don't know, like talking through, I used to work in wastewater and water department. <laughs> and so I could, I mean, I understood the whole ecology, like everything, and I could explain it to them, but I was having to rationalize, you know, my own fears, but that really helped me come to terms with things. And um, yeah, <laughs> it helped, it helped to have kids there with me. <laughs> You're the role model. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't show them. I couldn't show right. them. I was scared. Right, of um, so, what is your favorite place to swim? Hmm. Gosh, I mean, you've been all over. You must have a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the one that jumps out is probably Willoughby, like mm -hmm. Willoughby in Vermont. That um, was my first. Like, I think I did the five mile. There was a year that Phil was just like, "Oh, let's do this swim across Willoughby," and. My friend Laurie and I were like, okay, let's do it. And so we signed up for it before he like had it as part of the King Swim Week and all this. And um, that it was just so, so beautiful. I felt like it was like swimming in a pool, like cause just because you have this lane that you're kind of like swimming down. And it was just like the most exhilarating experience for it. I was really well trained for it. My friend Laurie was right next to me and we both, we each had our paddlers, but we just felt like you were just like in this lane, just swimming down this gorgeous, beautiful lake and just seeing the, you know, the cliffs. And I mean, it's just an amazing lake. And I've, all the times, every time I go back there, it just, I don't know, just makes my heart sing. I just love it. Yeah. But it probably mostly nostalgia, just having, you know, that I had been my, that was my first like five mile swim and I don't know. <laughs> It is an, an exquisite place. I, I remember I did the five mile up there in uh, 2011, I guess it was. And uh, just thinking that it was just one of the most breathtaking places I'd ever seen. I mean, it's just yeah. so pretty, so pretty. So I, I feel that one. <laughs> yeah, it's the first one I doubled too. Like was one year my husband and I decided we didn't deal with the shell. <laughs> so we're like... <laughs> like I don't want to deal with like who's going to drive what whatever or if there are bus involved just like let's just swim back yeah. like okay so I, I swam I back it. and that um I remember you know getting super frustrated in the middle of that and just just being like are we there yet the water's completely flat like not moving at all and it's just like the sun's beating down and didn't feel like we we're making any progress and but anyway but but I still was beautiful <laughs> Oh goodness. So so what's your all-time favorite event? You know, what 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 mm. is the one that you think about when you are daydreaming about a good swim? Hmm. Gosh. Daydreaming about a good These swim. These are tough questions, aren't they? They are tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> um Gosh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing that comes up, I guess, is I really enjoyed how um, the Northeast Kingdom or Swim the Kingdom Week or whatever, <laughs> whatever Phil calls it, <laughs> any case, Swim Week. Um, I was there in 20... 
2015 after the year after I had my son Rowan and um, it was there was two of us I think that actually swam all of the lakes that year and um, you know it again like for us we were we'd moved to Oregon at this point and so we were coming back and it was like coming home and seeing friends again so there's like that aspect of it um and seeing you know all the lakes that we used to live around so like so that's probably part of why it pulls on heartstrings but um but I really I liked how it was low-key um you know and, and you get to meet meet you know like the people meet people there and you know there's not over the top like um extra like stuff outside of the events like the events is the thing there's not like you know the pre-dinner post-dinner like there I mean there's the after corn on the cob and you know sliced white bread sandwiches whatever snack you fill has afterwards but but I don't know like it 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 um it's laid back um and it you know kind of tests people metal outside of the water because you're a little uncomfortable because you're walking with a kayak through the jungle seemingly to get to echo lake you know like there's just aspects of it that are really like you're just um you know you get to see all sides of people and you kind of get to see where people come from just by watching like how they how they handle the situation that phil puts you in <laughs> but um yeah so i guess that's what comes up for me when you say all-time favorite event but i'm not really good at favorites <laughs> so, yeah. so they're all my favorite <laughs> yeah yeah i do whenever i get asked that same question it's like oh it's like choosing your favorite child like uh, <laughs> don't yeah i don't do favorites. they all have their <laughs> and their wonders but they they're all different <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so are you a process or an outcome <laughs> Um, at this point in my life, I would say that I'm, I, um, I'm able to focus more, I think on, well, I, well, I guess I set a process. I get, yeah, I'm going to have to do the, it's both, <laughs> 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 but, but I like to simplify my process and I like to give myself grace, I guess, at this point with having two kids, I, um, <laughs> I can't always stick to the plan. <laughs> so I've had to learn a lot about, um, about letting go and, um, and that you can have an idea of how you want things to go, but you know, like things gonna come up. It's been, it's very, the marathon swimming of, of parenting <laughs> that lasts a lot longer. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I like kind of like setting the idea of a process, even with like my, like I try to set a schedule with my kids in the morning, but I've been able to like just throw it all out the window. If they're just happily playing, I'm like, well, geez, I'll just go, you know post another marathon swim story video or whatever <laughs> but but I but I think I'm outcome driven in the in the sense that if I um have a goal like last year I swam Tahoe and for Magog I'm I can have you know there's like the way I tell my coach my clients when they're coming on for my marathon and swim uh, coaching and things like that is like um like you put your you, you know you set a plan you put your best foot forward uh, but you, and you give yourself grace if something comes up but you have a few non-negotiables and so for me the non-negotiables when I'm training for a long swim is um, doing at least half the distance um, about halfway before the time that my swim's coming up and then three quarters of the distance um, at least three quarters three quarters to full distance depending on the swim you're going into um currents tides you know like what are you is it just a lake flat swim you know like the, taking all those things into consideration either doing a three quarters to full distance um about you know five six weeks before roughly before your event five six weeks something like that um just as a confidence boosters so those are the 
um, what I consider the non-negotiables and then, you know, just going out there the day of the event and putting it, you know, doing, doing it, like just, just doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so I guess those, are, but, but I am driven by that, the outcome of that swim that I'm going to go to, I guess. I think more than I am in like the, like going to like the 10,000 or a million meters in a year or something like that. Those aren't, those aren't my goals. <laughs> they might've been at one time in my life, but not now. Sure. No, that's fair. Well, and, and you've, you've raised an element that I want to talk about a little bit more too is, um, you know, I don't have experience with having children. Um, what is it like to become a mother during the course of your marathon swimming <laughs> career? And then how do you juggle both of these really important and really long-term life, <laughs> you know, escapades <laughs> is the word that's coming to mind. Like, how do you do that? Cause I, that, that, to me, that just seems really difficult. Yeah. Um, I think it's the, the crossovers carry me through, you know, it's like, especially when my kids were really little, they're three and five now, but when they were really little and, I know my second kid was especially, he still is, especially like he's, they joke about like the kid that wants to go back in. Like he's like a kid, like <laughs> he just like, he never wanted to come out probably. And he just would go back in in a heartbeat if he could. Like he just needs me like all the time. And it's a really hard thing to, to, to live with. So in a sense, I've been able to like, um, like the times I get to swim, that's, that's my time and I and I enjoy it so much and so much I don't want to say more but <laughs> I, I I relish those experiences so much but I'm also able to put things in perspective because um, it's like so much easier to just go swim <laughs> like all day long it's so much easier than being with your kids where you're like you know every day you're with your kids you're like am I messing my kid up by doing this or at least I am that's how I my when your kids are asking you about I don't know my kids are just getting to that age where they're like they're learning about, oh, like my son has this book about flying machines and he's learning about like bombs and I have to talk to him about war and like, like just like these crazy things. And like, am I messing him up by like, but I don't know. It's like, it's, it's crazy, but like the things that the, like the being able to kind of endure parenting helps me endure swimming and being able to kind of endure in swimming helps me endure in parenting. Um, so that's, that's how I balance it by, by having both, I think helps me balance it. Um, but it's, it's really hard. <laughs> you got a full plate there, lady. Yeah. 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 And I'm so fortunate to be where I'm at in my life. I mean, I didn't have my first son until I was 40 and I had my second one. I was 42. So, um, I was in a good place in my life to have kids like financially and, you know, just, and just, I don't know. I'm so grateful all the time for being where I am. Sure. Yeah. And being in a parent, even being in the mindset that you are in that state life stage when you have kids, I think it's different than if you're younger. So it's, um, it's, it's, I feel like that, I don't know. I feel like I, I hope I'm not messing them up. <laughs> so, so tell me too, I want to know a little bit more about intrepid swimming. Um, cause this is your, your, your business. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me about it. How did you found it? What's the story? Yeah. So, um, intrepid water is, um, yes, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 
yeah, so I worked in technology for, I was at Microsoft for almost 10 years and I got laid off when my son, my first son was like a year, a year and a little bit. And, um, and that was really weird for me to all of a sudden after having worked in technology for 15 some odd years or almost more than that. And, um, to have to like figure out what to do. And it's funny because like, I kind of always like wanted to figure out what to do with my life. And when you're working in Microsoft on Fridays, you get the emails of the people who've decided to leave for one way one reason or another, like you, like the, it's like the, you know, I, you know, given my resignation to my boss and I'm going to go pursue my dream of doing this thing, this, that, the other thing. And I was like, wow, what would it be like to like have, you know, something I was so passionate about that I could actually start my own business. But I didn't really think that, I like, I didn't think that I was that person. I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I never thought that something I could be so passionate about something. Um, and it took another year and another kid before I was laid off from another job <laughs> that I realized that, um, that I did have something to offer in it, like in the, in the swimming space that I had a lot of experience, um, that I really enjoyed helping people. Um, I really enjoy empowering people to do something they've never done before. Like it, um, just, makes my heart burst um and um so i thought maybe there was be something i can do with it i guess in conjunction with that i um have i have a pool that i we installed an endless pool in my backyard so i was able to i started with kind of offering lessons for kids um in my backyard for just other moms that i knew just helping them get their kids swimming and I enjoy doing that a lot. And I get a lot of praise from parents for being so patient and things like that. But, um, but I really love working with a motivated, you know, adult swimmer or a kid swimmer, I guess. Um, but where I live, there's just not that much. Um, there's not that many people. <laughs> and, there's, and, and so basically there's a big need for kids lessons and it's hard. I'm, try, I'm trying to still trying to figure out how to um, go beyond that. Um, even like our swimming community that now all of our pools are shut down. They won't be opening up this summer. Um, we have a lot more people coming to the lake. In theory, I could maybe do more lake events and like try to get more people out. There's more people at the lake than there ever have been. But I also have kids at home. I don't have childcare because it's pandemic. So, um, so I'm trying to figure out what I can do more virtually. Um, and um, I feel like I have I feel like I have a really solid foundation with um, what I call my efficient swimming basics and just trying to help people. You know, not necessarily focus on drills and not overcomplicate things by. Um, I don't know, I feel like, like there's a lot of great philosophies out there with total immersion and swim smooth. And like at the end of the day, that's really maybe all I'm teaching, but I really just want to keep it simple. Like there's just these four pillars of efficient swimming. And if you think about those things, when you're swimming, just these four things, it's like posture, your pull, you know, your, your drive or rotation and, and gliding. Like if you can get yourself basically on top of the water, you can progress yourself forward. You can drive so that each stroke, you're getting yourself a little bit more forward than you could. The, like you can, it just, like it just, it just kind of just makes things simple. And I think a lot more about my awareness of myself when I'm swimming and my aware my awareness of my body in the water. It's like, I, I can, when I get tired, I can feel I slip a stroke. You know, it's like, you don't have to, I guess, I don't know, just trying to keep it simple. And it's really the same things you end up teaching kids. So I really like that there's like this carryover. Like it's not like kids like learn how to swim this way and adults learn how to swim that way. It's when they're like kids, you like, you try to get them to float and then you get them to push their float forward. And if you can keep it simple like that, I feel like it's something that anybody can do. 
And if you're in, in, inspired to, I really think you can swim different distances and swim places, as I like to say. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to branch that into, you know, empowering people to swim places because there's so much water in this world <laughs> and we should all be swimming in it. We should keep it clean. You know, there's like trying to figure out how we can, you know, make it, yeah, more about the environment and, all, you know, all the things. I want to do all the things <laughs> from all the places, all the time. <laughs> I, think, I think several of us can really relate to that, that desire there. Um, so, yeah, so you, you launched your business, was it, what, about a year ago or so? Um, 2017, well, yeah, 2017, I think I bought the domain. Uh -huh. So it's been, um, yeah. It's been evolving ever since, but it's evolving just a little bit different all the time. Yeah. So this is a young business though, and now suddenly we're in the midst of a, a pandemic. Talk to me about that. What has your experience been with that? I know you had to cancel at least one event. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a whole bunch of stuff planned. I was trying to, I have a local friend of mine locally who do some yoga and I'm trying to do this like body awareness, like taking your body awareness from the yoga mat to the water. Um, and we had this whole series of stuff we had to cancel. And then my camp Shasta had to cancel. We were going to take some marathon swimmers out to Lake Shasta and, you know, let them just basically, it's a monstrous lake, just swim <laughs> until you can't. We'll pick you up if you can't. I had a great plan for that. And so that was of course canceled. Um, so it's, yeah, that was a big, you know, it was a big thing, to, big pill to swallow. But um, I guess at the end of the day, I, you know, I worked in technology for you know, 20 years and I worked remotely for 17 and I'm super comfortable actually sitting behind a computer screen and talking to people. And, um, and I, and I think that, I think you've, you know, you have much more reach virtually. Um, and so I've just kind of tried to figure out how I can hunker down and, um, you know, put more of my thoughts on to paper and share those with people. And um, yeah, I think, yeah. And then, and it's all about reach at this point. Um, so I don't, I'm not, like, I'm sad that I can't bring people here and share the beautiful parts of Southern Oregon and Northern California with people. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to do that sometime. <laughs> and in the meantime, I, I just hope I can make more connections. And well, I guess through Marathon Swim Stories, I have been able to make more connections and I feel more connected than I was before. So I'm um, excited for what we can put together when when we can get together again and until then i'm super excited to just keep meeting and talking to more people online so yeah so are there any um particular stories that have really resonated with you or that you were like super excited to get to be able to hear or you know highlights give me some highlights from the marathon <sighs> oh man i just love them all so much i just <laughs> I, I lament that like you you were so early on you're so gracious to come on when we were just in our infancy like i, I just feel like i could have done a better job so anyway i just hoping i can get people to come back and talk about more but i did really enjoy um hearing Evan Morrison's perspective. Um, I've been following MSF for a long time and um, it was really great to hear. I just really liked how he talked about, you know, bodies of water and like, just like, he just, you know, he just had a whole new spin on things and just, it made me feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile with marathon swim stories. And, um, you know, so it feels good when somebody supports what you're doing, you know, but I love talking to Sarah Thomas and I learned so much about, um, well, even like Courtney Polk, I didn't like, there's just a lot of people that I just, you know, I've been 
busy having babies the last five years. I've been able to keep up with everything that everyone's doing. And it was just, it's just been really amazing and awesome to see some of the, talk to people about the super cool swims that they've, that they've been doing. Um, And I really love too, one of the other things I really love is hearing the, you know, like there's the Ocean 7 people and the Triple Crown people, but then talking to the people that are just just want to go swim in their backyard and I really I love that Evan's encouraging and promoting that as well just that you know chart chart something close by you know and that's a big thing too we have a virtual event that we kicked off um last week for loving your local waters and um I'm hoping we can, I guess, push people a little bit to do a marathon um, and tell us about where they are and where they're swimming and what it's like. Um, And, you know, we can't all, of course, afford to go to England and (laughs) swim to France (laughs) or or even Catalina or even whatever it might be close. But, you know, but lakes are accessible. And even if you're having to do loops, swimming around a loop at a lake, like, just see how far you can go, you know, see how you feel afterwards. Like the sense of pride, I feel like that you feel after accomplishing something that you set out to do is just can't be compared to. And I think Evan said it really well too. Like it lasts forever. You have, you know, you get to take that with you, you know, wherever you go. And it, I don't know, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's amazing to me too, to hear how some people, you can tell they're like competitive and some people are really just loving the water. And I just love that aspect of it too. Um, I don't know. So the highlights are that it's all amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's a good highlight. (laughs) Um, So uh, when the going gets tough on a marathon swim, talk Mm -hmm. to me about that thought process. What keeps you going? How do you, how do you cope with that? Mm. Or... Or we could do the, the ancillary question here, which is not just in a marathon swim, but in life as well, because it seems like right now we are all sort of working through some unexpected turbulence. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. So I feel like I have a, since, like you said, I've, my marathon swimming has started before kids and it's gone through having kids and things. Um, I feel like it, I've been able to shift perspective, which I I guess maybe is part of my answer is that like kind of gaining perspective when things are, are hard. Um, so that you're, you know, it's, if you put it in perspective, it's, you know, it's not that hard. You're just, I mean, you're just taking another stroke, you know, (laughs) just making it to the next speed, you know, it's just kind of about getting that perspective, but at the same time, having that perspective can get overwhelming because you're like, Oh, my, if my perspective is I'm two miles into a 20 mile swim, you know, then that can get overwhelming. So trying to really just be present. And I think it's the same thing too with parenting. There's um, a lot of things that like the, am I messing with my kids and, or like getting through, you know, a rough bedtime and, or I don't know, there's so many, God, the parenting gets into just this whole other thing. It's like, are you sleep training your kids? Are you this? Are you that? And like, you have to take the perspective though. It's like, they're like, they're, they're, they're just kids and they're, they're, they're like, they're just not going to be little, like the little crying things like, yeah, it could be hard, but like make them comfortable, you know, help them understand, <laughs> you know, what's going on. It's, t- it's t- when they're little, little, it's harder, but when they're toddlers and you can talk to them and you can kind of help them understand, like, 
they're just, they're just not going to be little for that long. And so just love them to death. <laughs> let them be kids. Like you really just have to let go a lot. There's a lot of kind of surrendering <laughs> to the situation, which I think is part of a marathon swimming too. It's like, you really have to surrender to the lake and, um, and just know that you're going to, you're going to get through it. They're going to get through it. They're going to, you know, you're going to get to the other side. Like you, but you just have to, like, you just have to keep going and I don't know. I'm having yeah. trouble I'm stretching for words right now <laughs> okay. it's, it's all good and yeah I can very clearly see the parallel there with the you know the surrender I think that's such a beautiful word because you know it's we we spend so much of our lives trying to control everything yeah and at the end of the day we actually have very little control and learning to be comfortable in that gray zone I am not good at it I'm not good at it either <laughs> it's a lifelong pursuit to get more comfortable with the uncertainty and the lack of control. But I think, you know, I think there's something there with the swimming that really does help us uh, bring that into other areas of our lives and be more comfortable with that, mm -hmm. that the, the ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. You made me think about something too, though. It's like, that I mean I was talking about like getting perspective and like getting like knowing you're getting through something but with this whole pandemic thing like we don't know when the end is and that makes it really hard but what helps is having connections like this like right. this helps right. me get through knowing that we're all you know we're all going through this so the more that we can find a way to connect even from our own little bubbles of wherever we are, I feel like is yeah. just the best that we can do. And it, you know, like, I guess then the perspective is that, um, yeah, that we're, that we're all doing the same thing. Like when I was talking to Matthias Kastner yes, last week in um, Berlin, it was really interesting, you know, just to, like he was saying like things that have been in my head and it was just really interesting that you know to know that somebody else is on the other side of the world and they're feeling the exact same way like people people aren't wearing masks they're not being cautious and you know like i don't know it's just it's just we're all in this together and i don't know how we're going to get out of it but it um but connect with people and talk to people and that's where this whole inclusion conversation is kind of coming in and g and i are trying to figure out how to you know, figure out what your blind spots are, figure out how to talk to people who aren't wearing masks, you know, it's like just all, and, and I mean, that's inclusion, like not even getting into the diversity aspect, but like put yourself in someone else's shoes, understand, I don't know, like it's connect, connect with people, find out their story. <laughs> empathy. I think empathy is something that, that uh, is lacking, especially yes. in leadership right now. There's a lot, lack of empathy and leadership and I don't, I don't want to go too political or anything, but just, yeah. I think um, the, the sense of community as a whole has eroded across the United States over years and years and years and years. I don't know if it ever actually existed, but this is the narrative we've been fed is that this sense of community is eroded. But I think that's one of the other beautiful things about marathon swimming is that we are a community and we are people who can connect. You might not be living in the house next door, but I can call you up and we can have a fabulous conversation like we're having over shared values and interests. Yes. And this is a community. That's the definition of community. And so I think you have to start where you are with the connections you have and build on that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And include people, bring more people into the community, right? Absolutely. You know? yeah. Recruit like the Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Shannon, that brings us to the end of our list of questions. I know you have a very long list of future guests for the virtual swift practice, but yeah. anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> <laughs> we 
just about covered it all. <laughs> covered the waterfront, as they say. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.